Welcome back, I suppose. I am delighted to announce that today's podcast is sponsored by the local town crier service, Town Square Space. I mean, I say that I'm delighted, but as you can imagine, I'm being less than completely sincere. Town Squarespace provides an all-in-one platform that gives you everything you need to announce your announcements or proclaim your proclamations. Who writes this stuff? Town Squarespace's professional town criers are at least 30% louder than any other town criers. Whether you're just getting started or are an established brand, our powerful platform helps your business grow. I remember when it was perfectly acceptable to announce your next genocidal plan by posting it on the local notice board, but apparently no one looks at notice boards anymore, so you have to pay a man to bellow in people's faces. You people sicken me. All the tabletop role-play news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial Tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, or Morris, a.k.a. Russ, and with me is... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. Russ, as ever, it's fantastic to be here. How are you, Peter? Uh, I'm superb, thanks for asking. It's Valentine's Day. It is. Happy Valentine's Day. Keep back, Morris, I'm a married man. <laughs> Peter, can you see I'm now down on one knee? <laughs> Will you... <laughs> No. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Uh, it's ruined. Oh, never mind. Shall I cancel the plane with the big sign behind it? Probably. Probably for the best. Yeah. Oh well. So I'm, I'm pleased to announce that Peter and I are not getting married. Woohoo! <laughs> Peter's also Wait. very pleased about it. Uh, you may be the happiest man alive. <laughs> I do my best. <laughs> should we do some uh, RPG news instead? We should. Uh, and speaking of things that make me very happy, I've had two potentially three pieces of fantastic news. Two potentially three? It depends on how you count them. Okay. Well, I found out that... I count them in hexadecimal. Well, well, some of them are very local. So the um, Monday night rollers or stage strollers at the stage door in Southampton. Is that what they went with in the end? I have no idea. They're not very organised. I love them. They're great. They're enthusiastic, which is what I like. But when I came across them, they were like, advertise. Yes, we could do that. That that would probably bring in more people, wouldn't it? I was like, yes, yes, you should. <laughs> I've been helping them. I've had a big influx of people having a look at them. So that, that helps raise awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, and Retro Cafe, which is a rather charming little place on Bedford, Bedford Ooh, Place. Not heard of that one. Uh, yes, uh, well, they do Tuesday night Necromander and, more relevantly, Sunday night roleplay. So how long has this retro cafe been there? Uh, since 2018. Wow. Yeah, I know. often I go to Bedford Place, I guess. I know, right? But no, um, no it like, seems like a nice enough place and they want to do uh, more roleplaying on a Sunday. I'm like, yes, yes, you do. Hmm. Uh, so I'm very, very pleased with this, given that the mission of the Millennium Vulcans, the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers, is to promote roleplaying games in the Hampshire area. Hmm. And yeah, well, more than just Southampton. Yeah, you've expanded. You've expanded. We've always your scope. expanded, but you know, <laughs> I mean, look, today Southampton, tomorrow Hampshire, and then you know by next Thursday the world. <laughs> mm, yeah, that scales correctly. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's, that's, that's a linear scale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Hampshire's very large. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I got some. I got some bad news. Oh, and you haven't let me finish my third piece. Oh, of news. I'm sorry. Yes, but your bad news is important to us. Please hold. And that is that one of the members of the Southampton Guild of Role Players, Zane Gunton, has been invited to Gen Con to do his mega game, Ooh. Infinity Horizon. Ooh. Yeah. I like, damn, sir, well done. This year? Yes, 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 this year. Yeah, yeah. So if you happen to be going to Gen Con, have a look out for Infinity Horizon. It will be a very good game. Ooh. Do you want to quickly explain what a mega game is to those that haven't heard you explain it before? Thanks, Russ. Uh, quickly explain the mega game. Quickly. Yeah. I do mean quickly, though. This is one of your 45-minute rambles. Just to elevate a bitch. So you get, like, 40 people. They're all basically playing a role-playing game with a strong element of tabletop stuff as well. And it's played over the course of four hours or a day. And, yeah, it can be about pretty much everything. Infinity Horizon, in this case, is about the colonisation of, I think, Mars. Mm. Or a space station. Or, no, a different planet. I'm a bit woolly in the details. So Mars, I a space station, or a different planet. 
Yeah, one of those. I'm pretty sure it's not a space station. I'm pretty sure it's even Mars or a different planet. But either way, it looks pretty cool. Uh, very political. Mm. So that, that's a good thing. When you get 50 people in a room, you yeah. do a lot of politics. Anyway, so Weldon Zane, um, I thought that was absolutely fantastic. Bloody good. Use that. Yeah. Uh, like good stuff coming out of Southampton. Yeah. It, Southampton's going to be the new capital of role-playing. No, it's not, is it? I don't know. We've got quite a bit here, actually. We've got, well, in Southampton, we've got a role-playing games club, we've got a podcast. We, we have three role-playing games We've got three now. role-playing games clubs, yes. a podcast. Yes. A publisher. Two or three, I think, haven't we? Yeah, well, there's yourself. I don't know about which of our publishers. Well, Emmy, for example. Oh, does Emmy count as a publisher? Why not? Emmy, you're does, a publisher now. Does Emmy publish books? Yes. Then Emmy's a publisher. There we go. By definition. <laughs> publisher. <laughs> sure, why One not? who publishes books. Okay, yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have a lot of role-playing game designers mm-hmm. and uh, various people. Yeah, uh, we've got all sorts of people here, including people who've helped launch uh, the fourth edition of D&D mm. in the UK. So, yeah. Marvellous. Yeah. Well, we really are the capital of role-playing then. Well, I mean, considering the size of the place, about a quarter million compared to, say, London's six, seven million, yeah, I think we're doing quite all right. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well, anyway, now can I try and do my bad news now? Oh, yeah, yes, do a bad it news. It is bad news. Do you know what the bad news is? Uh, I'm sure may- you have. It's been maybe. All, over, all over the internet. Oh, is this about Judges Guild? Yeah. Yeah. Damn so. Yeah. So the owner of Judges Guild mm-hmm. decided in his infinite wisdom yeah. that the best way to promote his business mm-hmm. and make sure it succeeded and not yes. lose customers yes. was to post a bunch of racist horrible, nasty Facebook messages. Racist and anti-Semitic slurs. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's the perfect way to promote your business. It's to uh, pick out a group of people and practice hate against them because, of course, that's got so much to do with your product. So, um, so Judges Guild, uh-huh. it's been around since uh, 1976. Yeah, it's really um, it's got It's got, uh, you know, it's got a, a legacy there uh-huh. uh, producing uh, D&D-compatible products. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a big gap in the middle, but, um, you know, it's been around since then, and it's, it's growing around. I think it's second generation as well, like, what's it, Bob Bledsaw second or something? Yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. uh, Bob Bledsaw yes. is one of the co-founders of Judges Guild Yes. Uh, back in 76. Right. His son is Bob Bledsaw II, yep. who took over the company in 2008. Um, okay. Bob Bledsaw I uh, is, uh, is no longer with us. Oh, so that's it. Yeah. And there is a, there is a Bob Bledsaw the third as well. Okay. Uh, so anyway, um, yeah, their judges guild did things like city state of the invincible overlord and stuff like that. Really big, okay. famous, right? Yeah, D and D properties. Um, lots yeah. of classics. And uh, there's a couple of um, companies that license uh, judges guild's properties currently. That's Bat okay. in the Attic and Frog God Games. Yes. Yeah, so. They kind of license and republish or repackage and do, and do stuff. I, I imagine they have views. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, Bob Bledsaw the second. Yes. <laughs> it's okay, I'm keeping track. <laughs> I'm glad you are, because I'm not. Bob no. Bledsaw the second, the yeah. second of his name, the second of that noble lineage, the Bled- Bledsaw Bledsaw lineage. and the Bledsaw, yes. <laughs> yes Carry on. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bleds- Bob Bledsaw, second of his name, second of House Bledsaw. Um, Get on with it. <laughs> uh, has in fact been doing this for quite a long time, posting yeah. a rather unpleasant uh, Facebook stuff. It's just that oh. uh, people only just kind of noticed it, right? Right. Yes. Because you know they just didn't. Uh, no, so somebody, somebody, somebody one day thought to look, lifted up the uh, lifted up the lid of the pot, and was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah. uh, so, um, so, so he's not. And this isn't just like something that could be. It, it, it is it something that. There's room for wriggle room, room for interpretation. No, I mean this is. I'm not going to repeat any of it. I don't. No. I don't think that's. I, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't been to look myself. It's not nice, and no. whatever you think it is, it's probably worse. Oh, cracky! And right. there's a lot of it. It's horrible. Rob Conley of Bat in the Attic yep. said a few days ago, um, the company's no longer going to do business with Judges Guild or any of its properties. Um, so this is his quote. Um, yep. He goes, uh, Sunday evening, yes. I called Robert Bledshaw II yes. and discussed the issue. Mm-hmm. I notified him that I will no longer be doing future Judges Guild projects mm-hmm. and will only continue to sell what I have currently listed. Right. I stated that I will be calling the other Judges Guild licensee, that will be Frog God Games, mm-hmm. and inform them of the situation and of my decision. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. Yes. Frog God Games 
Yeah. And they've been working with Judges Go for like 20 years. Yeah, that's a long partnership. Yeah. So they followed suit. Uh, recently, the owner of Judges Go had made a series of racist and anti-Semitic posts on Facebook. Mm-hmm. We will not reprodu- reproduce them here. Uh, mm-hmm. They are shown on Rob Conley's Bat in the Attic blog. And mm-hmm. we are convinced of their authenticity. Yeah. Um, Rob wrote his post because as a licensee of Judges Guild property he felt the need to state clearly he would not be doing business with Judges Guild in the future we have also licensed property from Judges Guild in the past and we are seconding Rob's example by cutting off all future business with Judges Guild the posts made on Facebook were completely unacceptable right so there's pretty much no wriggle room there's enough vile material to make two companies with long associations though Nah, you're right, mate. Free companies, haven't finished yet. Free! Free! Oh, good goof. Drive-through RPG. Oh. And now severed ties. The Judges yeah. Guild Publisher Guild account, the Judges Guild Publisher account has been closed. Yeah. Right. And uh, uh, Judges Guild is no longer available on Drive-through RPG, which is probably their biggest Damn. market. Yeah, that's that, that's bad news for them. Um, yeah. The only one that really leaves, the major one, is Goodman Games. Who yeah. hasn't made a statement yet, but uh, I did see on Twitter because I did mm-hmm. quickly check their Twitter account and a few mm-hmm. people have asked them and they said, we're aware of the situation, official statement coming soon. Right. But it's not out as of now, but mm-hmm. I, bet, I bet it will come out immediately as soon as we finish recording. Oh, of course. Of course. That's, how, that's how it works. <laughs> like people wait until we've finished. They're like, oh, wait, wait. Uh, 4 p.m. GMT. Marvellous. Let's get the news rolling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so there we go. That's, that's the bad news. Judges Guild is now, um, yeah. That's a that's sad, really. Yeah. It's just that something with such a legacy and something that's such a part of yeah. D&D history and it's just kind of completely sullied now. Yeah. That's just because someone's like, yeah, well, I want to advertise my bigotry to the world. Yeah. So I don't know whether Judges Guild, I mean, whether I, it will go I under, so- whether it will just continue with a diminished... I can't see it doing very well. Whether that will just play into a certain market. I do feel sorry for the employees um, having to work for this job and then like, well, great, now he's tanked the company. Or or possibly they might sell off the properties. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I do know that there was a Kickstarter um, several years ago for a City State of the Invisible Overlord update. Yes. And about a thousand backers were on it, and they raised, uh, I think it was like 85k in US dollars. And that Kickstarter has not been fulfilled yet. When was this Kickstarter? It was a few years ago. I don't know when it was exactly. It was too too long for that to be okay. Oh, no. Sammy, that's wrong. Yeah. Oh, well. Sad times. Yeah. That is sad. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we got uh we got one of your favourite things. One of my favourite things. We have a hint yeah. at an announcement. <gasps> is the teaser for the trailer. <laughs> is that coming out? <laughs> so basically what it is is uh, on February the twenty first, yes. we are gonna find about find out about the uh, digital plans for D D. I'm so excited. I just can't wait. I'm so excited. I just can't hide it. I know, I know, I really want to, want to. So so what this was, this was um, Hasbro's quarter four 2019 earnings call. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there was Brian D. Goldner, who's chairman of the board and Mm -hmm. CEO at Hasbro. Mm -hmm. And they had this big long conference call and it's all about stuff, business stuff. (laughs) Um, so, doing but there's a, there's a transcript. There's, yeah. there's always a transcript of it. So yeah. I went through it and I just, uh, oh, yeah. just did searches for D and D Dungeons and Dragons stuff. Like nah. they talk about oh, they talk about Monopoly and they talk about ah, everything yeah. that Hasbro does, Transformers yeah. and so much. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, D and D's mentioned a few times in it. But so I, I, yeah. I, I pulled out the, pulled out the information. Yes. So the information from this big big long uh, call. Yes. Um, I got so D and D grew again for the sixth year in a row. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, streaming D&D content was up nearly 50% on last year. <coughs> okay, wow, okay. That's quite impressive. Um, there are substantial new digital gaming plans for D&D, which will be revealed on February the 21st mm-hmm. at Hasbro's Analyst Day. Ooh. Uh, the total games category at Hasbro yes. grew by 6%. Okay. But there's a bit of a, a bit of a twist in the tail there. There's a caveat. Um, so there were declines almost across the board, but D and D, Magic the Gathering, and Monopoly bolstered it enough that uh, they got a six percent growth. 
<laughs> sorry, sorry. Mean Monopoly, yes. Yeah, it's like one of these things is not like <laughs> the other. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, 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 actually, no, let's be fair. It's all, you know what's doing really well? Social games where you get together with people. Yes. Yeah. And uh, profit declined overall due to digital D&D and Magic the Gathering um, games investment. Right. So it looks like they spent an awful lot of money on some of the stuff they're going to be revealing. That's reduced their profit overall, but I assume they're doing it because it's going to make them a lot of money in the long run. That's their plan. That's basically why you do business, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It's exciting stuff, so I guess we'll find out on February the 21st. February 21st. Exciting. So what's that? That's next week? Yeah. Seven seven days from the 14th is traditionally a Friday. So it's going to be, yeah, but yeah. it will be Seattle time or oh, something. And therefore it will be like one o'clock in the morning on Saturday. <laughs> so we'll miss it and we'll have to announce it the following week. Um, so I did do a quick summary of, look, because we've record, uh, reported on Wizard of the Coast sort of digital stuff a few times over the last year or two. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is just a quick reminder of some of the things we covered. So yes. Wizard of the Coast acquired, um, we didn't know how to pronounce this, 2Q? Took, T-U-Q-U-E. Uh, Took. Took. Took it was, I think, yeah. A video games company last yeah. year, which is working on a brand new D&D video game called D&D Dark Alliance. Yes. We know that. Yeah. Uh, we know that Baldur's Gate 3 is coming soon. Woohoo! And we know that Archetype Entertainment is the brand new video game studio Wizard of the Coast created, which is mm. headed up by a bunch of Bioware stuff. And we also know that they're not working on something fantasy, they're working on something science fiction. Science fiction and a new IP, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So there we go. We, yes. know, we know stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows stuff? <laughs> yeah. You do. I don't. <laughs> All right. I've got some more big news as well. Bigger news. Have you heard of a, a, a company called uh, uh, Detective Comics? Mm, initials DC. Yes. Peter takes a moment to look around Russ's living room. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, the Detective Comics. <laughs> no, just a Detective Comics. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> oh, not the one that does Batman and Superman. Like that, yeah. So DC, yes. or more specifically DC Universe, which is DC's streaming platform in the yes. US, I believe. Yes. So I don't know how this applies to us. Yes. Um, I'm hoping this means it's going to be on Netflix or Amazon yes. for us because we don't get DC Universe. No. But um, they are launching yes. a basically their own version of Critical Role eh? using yes. the DC Heroes RPG from the 1980s. Brave, brave people. Starring Freddie Prince Jr., yeah. Sam Witwer, okay. uh, Claire Grant, Vanessa Marshall, and WWE... What's WWE? World Worldwide Wrestling. Entertainment. Yeah, World Wrestling Entertainment, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Xavier Woods. Right. So if I was younger, I might even know who these people are, but I don't. Well, I, I don't know anything about wrestling. Yeah. No. Um, but either, either way, I, 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 it, sounds, it sounds like they've uh, got a no expense well, spare cast. Yeah. I mean, this launches on February the 28th. Right. On DC Universe. It's called DC Universe All-Star Games. Ooh. And the first series is five episodes. Yes. Uh, and they're playing an adventure called The Breakfast League. The Breakfast League. Yes. And it basically features superpowered teenagers in a Gotham City high school. Well, there you go. Um, uh, Teen Titans it is then. Yeah. It's like The Breakfast Club, except the superheroes. And their high school is stuck in Saturday detention. Yes. In Gotham City. And they're superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> what? What could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? There's a trailer. Yes. Which I won't play now because there's not much point on a podcast. No, that's fair. Um, and then there's a big press release. Yes. And, uh, yeah. I mean, did you ever play DC Heroes? Never. I played it back in the 80s and, uh, yeah. and my friend Nick ran a game about 10 years ago. I can't remember when. Yeah. 15 years ago. Many years ago. Yeah. <laughs> when it was. Um, when all this were fields. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so basically, the DC Heroes. Um, yeah. It was a good game. It was a good really game. okay, fantastic. Um, uh, and uh, the way it worked, it had uh, logarithmic scale for ability scores. Is that the right word? I'm they double each time. Press. I'm getting live reports to the listeners that they're, they're dropping off steadily. <laughs> no, but what, what I mean is, like each score is double yeah. the one before. So if you've got Exponential a, growth, if you've got a strength oh. of three, yes. If someone else has got a strength of four, they're twice as strong as you. Yes. If someone's got a strength of five, they're twice as strong as someone with a strength of four. Yes. So that makes it easier to have people like Superman and Batman in yes. the same scale. Yes. Because use a logarithmic scale. It dub- with you. Doubles. Was that right? Logarithmic. Yeah, yeah, was that the correct word? It was. I mathed. 
You did. <laughs> We're all very proud. Hey? Wow. Let me just give you a little clap. <laughs> Golf clap. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this show is going to be every Friday. Yes. February 28th and every Friday for five weeks. How exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Um, hey, can I tell you about my Kickstarter? You got a Kickstarter? Not yet, but I'm getting one. Oh. Why are, is your life so happy, blissful and stress-free? <laughs> <laughs> I needed to bring myself down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So in about two weeks, yes. or maybe three weeks, but possibly two weeks, mm. either that or three weeks, one of those two things, two or three weeks, maybe even four weeks, but probably not, more like three weeks or two weeks, but definitely not one week. Daryl, can we cut the bit where Russ is unaware of the <laughs> linear time? That'd be awesome. Thanks so much. <laughs> I'm hilarious and you know it. Please, <laughs> continue. <laughs> oh, you're doing a Kickstarter, Russ. What are you doing a Kickstarter? So oh, this bam. is for Soul Space, the Spartan Gambit, my die-hard on a spaceship adventure. Oh, okay. Nice, nice. I've been working on for about a year. Oh, at least. Sort of in between other stuff. Yeah. Um, just like tapping away at it, tapping away at it, and tapping away at it. Yeah, a so, lot of editing. And that's... Uh, a lot of writing by Darren Pierce, I think. So Darren Pierce did the first draft of the adventure that's in it. Yeah. Uh, and I probably tripled the size of that adventure myself. Goodness. And then added a source book Ooh. and character creation rules and loads of um, descriptions of every single deck on the ship. And so I, you know, I so 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 basically, it went from being like a, a small adventure for new to. Wow, this is a whole virtually a setting document. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So this is yeah, Diamond on a spaceship, yes. and it's um, it's it's powered by what's old is new. Yes. Uh, and uh, some Spartan terrorists yes. take over uh, the uh, USF. That's F, not S. USF. Yes. Union Space Force. Copernicus. <laughs> Russ named something and didn't use eight words where three would do. <laughs> <laughs> I could read that. I still rename it. There's still time. <laughs> Off you go. Then. <laughs> uh, and then the uh, PCs are basically uh, an away team doing yeah. a science mission on the planet below. Yeah. They return back to their ship to find it's been taken over oh. by the Spartans and they have to crawl up lift shafts and through oh, duckways and pick off the Spartans one by one and explore the entire ship, which has got like 50 decks, every single one of which has been mapped. I feel I should point out for listeners at home who are not as intimately familiar with the uh, What's Old is New universe that the Spartans are legally distinct from Klingons in every way. Wink. They're called Spartans. For example. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And they've got slightly different horns on their heads. Completely different. Yeah. They're, they're, they're pointier rather than nobbling. Yes. We, we understand, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, anyway. So, so, yeah, so that, that, that will be available. It's going to be a really quick, 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 quick starter. Ah, quick kickstarter is what I meant to say. Quick kickstarter. Quick starter. A kick quick starter. A kick quick starter. <laughs> or even a quick kickstarter. Yes. Well, um, so it's going to last one week. One week? One week. It's going to come and go before you know it. Wow. So if you're behind your podcasts, then you probably wouldn't miss it. You'd have missed it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, blinked. Uh, right. Ooh. Uh, back, back on other news. Back on that um, D&D, uh, Wizard of the Coast studio. Yes. There's a, there's a, a, a new little bit of news. Uh, Daryl has posted this. I think that's Mass Effect, though. Yeah. So the uh, they've got another person involved. Another so person. archetype was it archetype entertainment yes. was was the name of the thing and yeah. it uh, already had two Bioware people um, whose names I, I forget offhand uh, I think they do something with computer games uh, yeah. but this this guy is called uh, Drew Carpshin. Are you sure this isn't an NPC from the <laughs> fifth edition D D? Well, Carpshin was uh, lead writer for Mass Effect and Mass Effect Two. Drew Copshin, nice. Wrote okay. most of the dialogue and scenarios for Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Okay. Was a writer on Baldur's Gate and Neverwinter Nights. Ooh. Uh, and uh, apparently he got his first start in game design at Wizards of the Coast, working on a third edition D&D Forgotten Realms things, including the uh, novel Baldur's Gate 2, Throne of Baal. 
Baal. Baal, which is Baal is a type of curry, isn't it? I'm not sure. Baal mm, is a sort of chickpea dish. It should be, should be a type of curry. Yeah, it is. No. So, Baal just gets you a spoon of curry. No, what am I talking about? It's lentils. God. Chana for, ta- for chickpeas. <laughs> Taka doll is like, you know, lentil curry. God. What's wrong with your coffee? Anyway, uh, yeah, so uh, good chances are then that you're familiar with Drew Carpshin's work if you've been doing anything vaguely geeky in about the last 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. And now he's working on a computer game for Wizard of the Coast. Mm. That's nice. So Terrell's also mentioned this other one. This is a bit unusual. Okay. So uh, It's very green. There's a death metal band. Oh, yes, yeah. Well, there's many death metal bands, but we're talking about one in particular here. Okay, yeah. It's called uh, The Black Gadalia Murder. Okay. And they've announced uh, a pre-order version of a new album. This yes. does this does come under D and D eventually. I promise. Okay, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm not just I'm not just suddenly turning this into a death metal podcast. <laughs> oh, okay then. Uh, their new album is called Verminous. Promising. And it comes with an RPG bundle. An RPG bundle. And they say the ultimate way to experience Verminous is to blast the album as you and your party explore... Like Warhammer. <laughs> Warhammer explore and battle your way through the ruined kingdom from the cover of Verminous and discover the depths of Drasted. Yeah! So with your, with your, with your album, your CD, you get a 24-page campaign booklet yep. and adventure. This is just D&D 5th edition compatible. Yes. A nice set of uh, black and green dice, a DM screen, four maps, character sheets, and a hand-numbered box. Ken. Wow. I, I love it for the novelty value, if nothing else. It's good news and bad news. It's the bad news that you have to listen to Black Dahlia Murder. Well, there's that. But the pre-order, if you're yeah. into death metal, I suppose my brother's into death metal. Uh, no, I can't. Well, death. heavy metal. Is that no. the same as death metal? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really into music genres. I don't know what music genres are. Yeah, it's the same thing, right? It's, it's, like, it's yeah. like jazz, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's a bit like that stuff they do line dancing to, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. precisely. Yeah, Country, jazz, <laughs> death metal, death metal heavy metal. These are all virtually the same thing. Yeah, I believe you. Anyway, um, the bad news is the there were only 500 pre-orders and um, uh, they're all sold out. Oh, so you could have... This is something you could have had. But you can't. If you're a chronomancer. Anyway. Uh, but uh, they are looking into a light version, which includes the module and cards only... Uh, and the album comes out on April the 17th. Yes. Uh, right. What else is there? Um, Free League Publishing. Alien RPG. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they've got a whole bunch of translations coming around the world. Nice. Uh, we've got German, mm-hmm. Spanish, Italian, yeah. Portuguese, Russian, and Polish. Hmm. Uh, uh, and there's French coming in June from Arcane Asylum. Strong. Hmm. I think we might be done. Is that all the news? Look at some Kickstarters if you want. Oh, God, then. Is that, do you see anything good in the Kickstarting community? Let's have a look. Oh, let's have a look. So, Tower Beast 2 is coming to the end of its Kickstarter campaign. Oh, Tower Beast 2. So, this is Kobold Press, 400 new monsters. Yeah. And it's currently... Oh, my goodness gracious me. I, I have a copy of Tower Beast 1. It's at 302... Thousand dollars, and it's got seven days left to go. Well, what's that? What's that in money? I understand. Two hundred thirty-one thousand pounds. That's nearly a quarter of a million pounds. That is, and in seven days, it's going to go past that definitely. Yeah. Well, Kobold Press always do really well with their Kickstarters, though. They've got, they, I think, you know, as, as far stuff. as third edition, third edition, third party, fifth edition yes. there we go. publishers go. Yes. Not. Fifth party, third edition publishers. That would be something entirely different. I don't even know how you do that. No. Third, yes. third, third party, fifth edition publishers. I think they're like the... They are the big ones. The, the one, aren't they? Yes. They're, the, they're the, 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 the really... Well, ah, uh, it's the nature of man. They get everywhere. Yeah. Uh, what have we got? Oh, oh, cobwebs. Cobwebs? Cobwebs. A neo-noir RPG of reluctant investigators. Oh. Human horror. Yes. And uncovered conspiracies. Oh, that's good. Uh, it's a good name uh, in some respects. It's very evocative, but I would not have thought of it as a was it a conspiracy theory investigation mm. game? Is that yeah? It's original system. Yeah. Uh, what do we reckon? All those nice light ones to play. Okay. And how much is the game? Well, play? it uses mechanics from Lovecraft-esque Blades in the Dark and the Hour Between Dog and Wolf. 
I've not even heard of the Hour of Dog and Wolf, but no, that's no. what, like, um, put together a D6 pool and a D100 system. These mm. are these are, these are different systems. So, yeah, fair enough. Don't know. Don't know. All right. High Colonies. High Colonies. Hard science fiction RPG, 23rd century. Is that where you have a bunch of colonies amongst stars and marijuana's been legalised? If you like. Yay! It's a sci-fi variant of Han Master. Which Hard is master. one of the older fantasy RPG settings. Right, okay. Um, uh, is that like Hackmaster, but different? Uh, no, not really. I've never seen Han Master. Han has been around for donkey's years. Right. Uh, wait, wait, wait. New, new, Rees, new Rees, Marvelous Menagerie of the Multiverse. N-I-W-R-I. Niri. Oh, Niri. That is a tough one. Might be a nivery. Who knows? It's a yes. collection of fantasy animals. Yes. D and D fifth edition. Yep. If they run, jump, swim, or fly, you'll find them in Newy's menagerie. Also, three new races, four new subclasses. Oh, okay. Yeah. Lovely. Jolly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how much would PDF for that set you back? Fifteen fine American dollars. Fifteen of your American dollars. Oh goodness, that's only two hundred pounds. <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah. it probably is these days. <laughs> but it will be this time next year. Yeah. yeah. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. I, th- I think we are now done. Okay. Well, that, that's, that's all very uh, joy. Phew, I'm glad we're home. Worst holiday ever, if I may say so. Yeah. Whose idea was it to go to a place called the Tomb of Horrors? It says it right there in the name. Hey. That Aserac bloke sounded really nice when I inquired about it, and the package was totally reasonable. Well, we'll just have to be more careful next time we go away. Now, what else is there in the brochure? Uh, Tomb of Annihilation. Oh, I don't know if it's just me, but uh, Annihilation actually sounds worse than horror. Oh, uh, uh, no, okay. Uh, oh, this Tomb of the Lizard King looks good. Oh, no. Find something that sounds less, you know, ominous, will you? How about... The Lost Tomb of Martek. You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and yeah. veto tombs in general. I mean, what is there that isn't a tomb? Oh, no tombs, you say. All right. Uh, how about the Crypt of Lysandre the Mad? Uh, well, a crypt is just another type of tomb. That's a fair point, Boars. Well made. Fair point. Well, there's these mines of bloodstone here. Mm, still very uh, undergroundy and and bloody. I'm thinking I'd like to avoid the general... Bloodiness this time, if it's all right, Dirk. No problem, mate, no problem. I assume that rules out the Sea of Blood. I hear it's lovely this time of year. Nah, Ixnay on the Bloodnay. Hmm. Ooh, Lost Caverns of Zorjkamp. Well, where are they? Today, mate, they're lost. <gasps> How about the Forgotten Temple of Tharazdun? And where's that one? Don't know, I've forgotten. Well, that's no bloody help, is it? Uh, let me see. Aha! The Labyrinth of Madness. Gonna say no. Vortex of Madness? Not liking this whole insanity theme, if I'm honest, Dirk. Okay, okay, I gotcha. <gasps> the Temple of Elemental Evil. No. City of Skulls? No, 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 no. Come on, mate, you're not making this very easy, boys. Okay, I have the Isle of Dread. Can't you just find somewhere that sounds peaceful and pleasant? Temple of Death? What about that says peaceful and pleasant to you? Fine. Well, uh, what sort of place did you have in mind then? Oh, somewhere sunny, perhaps. Sunny, sunny. Where's the index? Ooh, how about Sunless Citadel? That's, that's <laughs> the exact opposite of sunny. Right you are. Desert of Desolation? Well, maybe a bit too sunny. <laughs> I reckon you're right there, balls. Okay, let me look at some of the discount packages. There's a tour guide here called The Forest Oracle. Sounds nice. Now, now. The Forest Oracle is the worst written D&D module in history. Right, you are, boss. Let's see. Hmm. Oh, there's a special offer on the slave pits of the Undercity. Sounds rather oppressive, don't you think? I suppose. Oh, this one might be nice. Lion Castle. Ooh, I like the sound of that. Hmm. No lion, but there is a ghost. Oh, Maybe not then. Demon web pits? <laughs> now you're just trolling me. I'm a little bit balls. I am a little bit. Okay, more seriously, how about a cruise on the ship of horror? Uh, veto. 
Palace of the Vampire Queen? Nope. Kingdom of the Ghouls? I'm allergic to the undead. Pyramid of Shadows? Scared of the Dark. House of Arpies? Trying to cut back. How about the Iron Fortress? Nightfang Spire? The Bastion of Broken Souls? City of Peril? The Sinister Spire? The Forge of Fury? Slaughter Guard? Man, this travel agency really needs a better PR team. Who comes up with all these names? I mean, they're all about blood and horror and despair and night and fangs and peril and demons and general evil. No wonder the tourism industry is in decline. I'm glad we managed to find this place. It seems very rustic. Quaint little hamlets and look at those lovely mountains. What was it called again? Raven uh, Loft. Yeah, Raven Loft. Well, now that just sounds delightful. Hey, what's that castle up there? I don't know. Shall we go and introduce ourselves? Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We just wanted to mention our Patreon. Peter, are you familiar with our Patreon? Oh, is it uh, patreon.com slash Morris? Yes. M-O-R-R-U-S. At patreon.com forward slash Morris, you can find our Patreon, which is what pays for our podcast and buys yes. us all these wonderful microphones and yes. mixers and other little bits and pieces. And wires, so many wires. And all these wires. Uh, we have a load of wonderful Patreon backers at the moment. And yes. those backers get... We cherish you all. Yes, we do cherish them very much. And those yes. backers get bonus content every single week, just as a thank you for uh, for backing our Patreon. And because they're so awesome and so quick off the mark, they also get to like talk to us in our Discord channel, which is pretty good. Mm. And we sometimes even deign to answer that. Uh, but even more importantly, when we have guests coming onto the show, they have the opportunity to ask questions of those guests. Mm. Um, and then we will pass on the questions that we think we, our guests will answer. So please, if you do enjoy the podcast, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Morris. Link will be in the show notes. Yes. And support us, even with just a dollar a month. Every little, every little bit helps. So, listeners, we have a special treat today. Ooh. Sitting in front of us on the coffee table. Is a new guest. Is a new guest. <laughs> a guest I like to call Alexa. Ooh, she's just lit up blue. Hello, Alexa. Sorry, I'm not sure. Wait, wait, wait. It's going well. Yeah. Hello, Alexa. Alexa, say hello. Hello. There we go. <laughs> That's a pick of modern technology in action you're hearing now, my friends. <laughs> so, we are going to playtest the Starfinder yes. app. Yes. For the device on the table in front of us, who's now I'm not going to say quite yet, just in case she wakes up again. Yeah. Um, uh, we have not tried this before. Yeah. We you haven't see. even activated it before. Nope. So you're going to hear the experience right from the start. We're going to be discovering it exactly the same time as everyone else is. I, I got to say, you're probably hearing it right from the start if you're listening to the bonus material section, because I suspect this is going to end up in the cutting room floor. <laughs> we'll see. Just a hunch. Let's try and introduce this, her again and try yeah. and get a decent sort of... Alexa, hello. Hi. There we go. Hope you're having a good afternoon. All right, thank you. Yes, I'm having an excellent afternoon. Yeah. Yes. Right. Right. Are we ready to try it? Hell yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, Alexa, play Starfinder. Starfinder is a science fantasy role-playing game that puts you in the role of a bold outer space adventurer, exploring the mysteries of a weird and magical universe. Through the decisions you make, your character will grow in wealth and skill, or meet a grisly end. Initiating character selection sequence. Exciting. Imagine the type of spacefaring adventurer you'd like to play while answering the following questions. At your core, are you a leader? Loner? Alright, take turns. Loyal friend? Leader. Next question, do others count on you most of all for being logical, trustworthy, or persuasive? Persuasive. Last question, a bug attempts to rob you in a crowded marketplace. 
Do you challenge them to a fair fight? Talk your way out of the situation? Or stealthily disappear into the crowd? Oh, a fair fight. Processing results. Ooh, I was picturing Captain James T. Kirk <laughs> from the original series. Human Envoy. Human Envoy? I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm excited! But you are one. Raised Yay. to be a wealthy socialite on Absalom Station, you instead ran away from home to become a space pirate. On succeeding, however, you quickly <laughs> learned that pirate life was nothing like the stories. That your comrades didn't share your sense of honor. <laughs> when your pirate bosses targeted a ship carrying medical supplies, you turned on them, saving the medical ship and escaping with a new identity. Though you advertise yourself as a freelance starship captain, you'll take on any challenge if the price is right and the cause is just. I will. You believe in freedom and independence. I do. Yourself on your ability to take care of yourself and your crew. Aww. Scoundrel, fast talker, and brilliant negotiator. You're happiest when the chips are down. I sound like Han Solo. Hang in the balance. I'm so fat. You channel Han Solo. I'll channel Cat. Would you like to continue as Navasi? No. Your other character options are as follows. Oh no, we got to start doing characters again, huh? Operative, an artificial person trained as an expert pilot and assassin. Quick is a Yasoki mechanic, a small, furry rat person who excels with machines and technology. Select a character or initiate the character selection sequence if you'd like help choosing. The second one. Play as the operative, the mechanic, or stay as the envoy. The mechanic. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, not not the mechanic. No Quake, a Yasoki mechanic. Oh, I didn't know. I wanted it to be the operative, I think, actually. Oh, well. Too late. Scavenger family on the desert world of Akatok. I might let us change our minds again. Basics of scavenging and engineering while maintaining the local water harvesters. When a bounty hunter came through your hometown on a job, you realized you were meant for bigger things and signed on as their apprentice. Proving yourself useful with your technical knowledge and homemade flavor. very American, isn't he? When your mentor later retired, oh, he's <laughs> left Akaton behind and set out to find fame and adventure on other worlds. Fame and adventure. Friendly and outgoing, you pride yourself on being a good judge of character and aren't above throwing yourself into a fight on behalf of a stranger if you've got a good feeling about them. Fame. Would you like to continue as Quay? No. <laughs> your other character options are as follows. I said as an android operative. Yeah, let's do that one. A person trained as an expert pilot and assassin. I said, please. Oh boy, a daring and we have to wait. Specializes in diplomacy and strategy. Select a character or initiate the character selection sequence if you'd like help choosing. Would you like to play as the operative? Yes. Or stay as the mechanic? Operative. Sorry, I don't think I heard you right. <laughs> Would you like to play as the operative? Yes. Boy, or stay as the mechanic? Operative. You are Isaf. Yes. Android operative. Uh -huh. Oh, I get spooky music. You first awoke in an abandoned storage facility on the machine world of Avalon, with no memory of who you were or had been. Confused and disoriented, with only some basic downloaded knowledge of the world you'd just been born into, you fled the place of your birth and became a pilot learning to fly rock hopper shuttles and mining tubs. Out in the wider solar system, you were disturbed by the prejudice and jealousy androids still sometimes encountered from other humanoids. In response, you joined a group called the Android Abolitionist Front and trained as a black ops expert. The Abolitionist Front of Androids. Are we pro-com android? <laughs> Though you now work as a freelance pilot and assassin, yeah, for the Android Abolitionist Front. That sounds like we're anti Android. But secretly crave companionship and are fiercely loyal to your friends. Having personal experience as a biomechanical outsider in a largely biological society, you question or reject many aspects of mainstream culture and enjoy exploring countercultures, various worlds. Sounds super edge lord to me. Yes. We're bored of making characters. I'll automatically save your progress along the way. Thanks. The game anytime you'd like. Cheers. Dead Sons, Episode Zero. Scoundrels in the Spike. 
Written by James L. Sutter. Based on the tabletop adventure, Scoundrels in the Spike, by Amanda Hanna. From the Starfinder Beginner Box. You open your eyes and find yourself in your cheap apartment on Absalom Station. While the space station may be the cultural heart of the Pact Worlds, the allied planets that make up your solar system, you don't live in the fancy central dome with all the high rollers and diplomats. You live in the Spike, Ooh. the station's gritty underbelly. The kind of place that makes you glad your apartment doesn't have any windows. On the floor beside your bed... I'm an android, but I care about windows. ...attempting to attract your attention. Isaac, you have a message from the Starfinder Society. The Starfinder Society is a league of adventurers dedicated to interstellar exploration, making contact with strange new cultures and piecing together the galaxy's mysterious history. You signed up last week in hopes that they'll be your ticket to bigger and better things. Those things are very impressive finding stars. This is the call. Right, <laughs> Hot mess. Greetings. This is Starfinder Chiskis from the Society's head office. Hi. We have a bit of an unusual first mission. Someone's been tearing up corridors in your sector of the spike oh. and reportedly taking set station technicians sent to make repairs. Station security <laughs> normally handle this sort of thing, but they've got... This is basically rats in the basement, isn't that it? That is exactly what I'm thinking. Gang scuffle. They've asked us to help out, and since it's your home turf, we're sending you. I'm transmitting the coordinates. The society... The coordinates are where I am. 500 credits for clearing the area. Payable in advance, so you can purchase supplies. Mm -hmm. That's 500. Balance increased to 500. Woo! Someone is at your door. Apartment sensors identified. Somebody at the door. Oh, there's somebody at the door. Squat back. Yeah, go on. Let her in. Access granted. Your best friend, Raya, bursts into the room. Like all the shooters, she has two forehead antennae that grant her limited telepathic powers. And they're currently vibrating with excitement. Countless computers and technological bits strapped to her trademarked trench coat mark her as a technomancer. She's, she's trademarked her trench coat. Yeah. <laughs> Raya grins at you. Can you believe this? Finally, a real gig. This could be our ticket out of here. You and me exploring the universe as Starfinders. Grab your stuff and let's go. Hey, BFFs. What are you bringing, anyway? Try asking me, what's in my inventory? What's in my inventory? Inventory report. I'm kind of really bored when you ask. And serum. Try asking me, what is second skin? What is second skin? Second skin is little more than a skin-type bodysuit that offers minimal protection from harm, while including all the environmental protection... It's really hard. But I wish I hadn't asked, now. Only ask as you told me to. Plus one bonus to armor class. As you and Raya look over your equipment, she frowns. Where's your hail pistol? Oh, right, you broke it over that mugger's skull last week. Well, come on. We can swing by Corbox on the way and get you a new one with those society credits. Oh, plus a rifle with a 40 watt phase modifier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, leave your apartment and head to the market center of Downlow. It's the largest and safest neighborhood in the Spike, which isn't saying much. Rich hipsters rub shoulders with poor locals at dive bars, black markets, and restaurants featuring cuisine from dozens of alien worlds. It's loud and dirty here, but at least it's never boring. You turn right into an alley, passing a street vendor selling fried ooze and a monk handing out pamphlets. At first glance, the alley is narrow and nondescript. Created by the <coughs> urban sprawl that is down low. But this alley leads to one of the largest arms dealers on the station. Corbox, Armaments and Sundries. Inside, the shop is packed floor to ceiling with weapons, armor and other adventuring supplies. Corbox himself, an elderly Vesk, stands behind the counter. The reptilian Vesk are notoriously warlike, and Korbach's shop is a treasure trove of murderous machinery. 
As you enter, he smiles, revealing a mouthful of sharp teeth. So many teeth. Oh, it's you! I was wondering when you'd come around next. How's that hail pistol treating you? As a club. Now it's in three pieces. <laughs> hey, hey, no refunds. But I've got a couple new pieces that would make nice upgrades. Let's see here. Hi, Seth. A polite reminder that my knowledge repositories are extensive. If you'd like to learn more about an item at any point, just ask me. And I will tell you about it. I don't know, I kind of regretted it last time I asked. I recommend either a laser pistol or semi-auto pistol. Both deal similar damage, but the laser pistol has greater range, while the semi-auto pistol has a slim chance of staggering your enemies. Laser. ...cost 350 credits, and the semi-auto pistol costs 260 credits. Do you purchase the laser pistol or the semi-auto pistol? Laser pistol. Laser pistol. I didn't come to the far from the future to use a chemical propelled projectile like some sort of savage. Pistol added to your inventory. Your remaining credit balance is 150. And hey, check back later when you have a few more credits. I have a microwave projecting scorch gun that deals great damage with decent range. It would be quite the upgrade, but it runs 2,050 credits. Ouch. On your way out, take a run through my interactive firing range to familiarize yourself with your new weapon. I'd hate to send a customer out into the universe unprepared. They might do something silly, like use their hail pistol as a club. Oh, by interactive, I mean that there's a robot in there and sometimes it fires back. You'll be fine, though. Head through that door to get started. Okay, then. Step into the room with the robot that shoots at you. Yes. I did think I'd understood that. Okay. Hi, Seth. As your integrated AI, I'll help you get acquainted with your new laser pistol Ooh. and provide some tactical guidance. We could have a fight. Yay. Practice robot 120 feet ahead and just out of range. On your turn, you can take one move and one action in any order. Moves include advancing towards an enemy, falling back, or taking cover. Actions include attacking an enemy, using a healing serum, taking an extra move, and more. Hi, Seth. Do you get closer to the practice robot to get in range? Yes. I think take cover is coming options. Do you get closer to the practice robot to get in range or take cover? Get closer. You advance 30 I need no cover. Do you fire at the practice robot or take cover? Fire! If your attack roll is equal to or higher than your enemy's armor class, your attack hits. Roll one 20 sided die for attack and tell me what you get. Or ask me to roll for you. I think you're going to have to roll for me. Sorry, I did not get that. Roll for me. for attack. Or ask me to roll for you. Alexa, roll for me. Okay, I'll roll for you. If you change your mind, just say I'll roll my own dice. Rolling for attack. I like that touch, actually. Seven plus four attack bonus is 11. Being able to roll your own stuff is quite fun. Did you hit? Mm. Rolling for damage. Yeah. Apparently so. Okay. Four. The practice robot is heavily injured. Yeah. The practice robot moves 30 Sucks to be a practice robot, I guess. You see the practice robot 60 feet ahead taking cover and within range. What's up, Hayson? Do you fire at the practice robot? Or take cover? Take cover. Cover provides plus two bonus against ranged attacks. You quickly jump behind cover. Not much of a bonus. In return, do you fire at the practice robot or hide out of sight? Fire! Isaf, as an operative, you have a special ability called trick attack. Each time you attack, you'll first perform a stealth check, and if you tie or beat 20, you gain plus two attack bonus and plus three damage. Gosh. You still get to attack, but without the extra bonuses. Rolling for stealth check. Yep. I remember that. 8 plus 13 stealth bonus is 21. I didn't make Rolling it. For attack. 13 plus 4 attack bonus plus 2 trick attack bonus is 19. Isaac, a quick question before rolling for damage. If you'd like to speed things up, you can turn on fast mode, where I will skip the dice roll details and jump to the outcome. 
Would you like to turn on fast mode? Yes, please. Would you like to turn on fast mode? Yes, please. Fast mode enabled. If you change your mind, just say turn off fast mode. <laughs> the practice robot is defeated. Woohoo! Yeah. We won. The drone won't mess with us again. I do quite like the implementation of this, actually. Yeah. Interactive firing range has deemed you proficient with... It's Pathfinder. It's, it's kind of smooth, quite smoothly integrated into the voice system, though. Someone's gone through very methodically. To your last save point, if you ever have need to. It worked out all the options. On a maglev train, leading down deeper into the strike. As you ride along in the cramped carriage, squashed between a bug-faced Sheeran and a four-armed Pasalpa, you look out the window at neighborhoods even shabbier than your own. You may be local, but you still know better than to go all the way down to the ghost levels. Fortunately, this job will only take you to the edge of Pipe Town. You get off at your stop, and the crowd quickly thins. By the time you reach the access corridor the coordinates specified, you're alone. Or almost alone. As you approach the hallway entrance, a human worker in coveralls stumbles out, holding a bloody gash on his head. He limps towards you. He's on me. Oh, She's gods him. protect me, my head. Oh, maybe not. Wow. Hmm. Can we shoot him? Die! What's up, flashback? Trying to make a good impression or convince someone to do something requires an interaction skill check. I wasn't trying to make a good impression. Yeah, yeah. Ah, who are you? Another thug? Leave me alone! I'm a trained assassin, thanks very much. <laughs> Not a common thug. The workers stares past you, grumbling about station security not doing their job. The corridor specified by the coordinates is an access tunnel. So we're not allowed to shoot him then. The main passage, by it's basically a choose your own adventure with a couple of dice rolls in there, isn't it? It's fighting fantasy, I guess. So yeah. this neighborhood the name Pipe Town run along the sides of the walls, carrying the various substances that keep the space station running. Some of the cables have been broken and stripped, and small amounts of gas vent from dented pipes. Oh. Raya curls her antennae in disgust. No wonder maintenance wanted to get in here. What kind of idiot vandalizes their own space station? Yeah, what kind of idiot? The corridor is only wide enough for one person at a time. Uh, I'm an academic, <laughs> a scout. Want to take the lead? Take the lead or ask Raya to go first. Uh, she can go first. Raya looks at you dubiously. <laughs> Rightly so. Let's get this show on the road. Raya steps I into say the chill, tunnel, that? laser pistol raised, and you follow. As you move forward down the corridor, you hear a small click from beneath your feet. Ah! Have a thermal death knife then. Raya absorbs the majority of the black. <laughs> then you should go first. You take two points of damage from flying trapnel. Guess I made the correct decision. How about you take the lead? No, so important mark really doesn't want I'm not taking the lead. Yeah, what's she saying? Yes. Congratulations. You earned the terrible friend award for having Raya trigger the trap after asking <laughs> first down the court. Keep playing to discover more awards. Progress safe. <laughs> Judgment intensifies. Conduits large and small run along the walls of the passage. Occasionally, sparks fly out from where equipment has been ripped away. Wait. Do you hear that? Do you smell something? But I doubt that's the sound of helpful workers making repairs. You continue and the passage widens slightly. Exposing a steel door to your right. I want to shoot something. Diagnostic. Well, that time in the practice range all paid off today. Mm. You can hear muffled whimpers coming from behind it. The sound of clanking and scraping is louder now, but clearly coming from still further down the passage. Sounds like someone's shooting at a dog. Do you That's what it's going to be. Diagnostics room? 
Or continue down the passage towards the clanking. Clanking. You continue down the passage, and the clanking grows louder. Come, it's gonna be something I can shoot. As you round a bend in the corridor, you see that someone has pried open several access panels in the walls and ripped out assorted equipment, packing it into crates scattered around the floor. Suddenly, a green-skinned space goblin leaps up from behind one of the crates and starts firing a homemade laser pistol at you. Be rude. I said. Combat music. Ryan takes cover, then fires her laser pistol at the space goblin. Three damage. The space goblin is injured. You see Ryan within arm's reach and the space goblin 60 feet ahead and within range. To start your turn, do you fire at the space goblin or take cover? What do you think? Take cover. Ow! Take cover. <laughs> take cover. We can shoot it in the second bit. <laughs> Fire the space goblin. I think you have to wait. Take cover. There you go. See, that's how it's done. You'd be rubbish on a space station. Yeah, sure. What did she say? I don't know. I want that She's busy talking to you. Yeah. You move behind cover. To end your turn, do you fire at the space goblin? See? Fire! See, all the Starfinder players are like, oh, you should be hiding, mate. What's wrong with these people? They need to hide. I haven't found any stars yet. That's true. Unless this, unless this goblin is a star of stage and screen. The space goblin is 30 feet Is he tap dancing? Raya fires her laser pistol at the space goblin. What's he finding just covering a corridor? Notoriously yes. <gasps> devoid. You see Raya within arm's reach and the space goblin 30 feet ahead taking cover. You are behind cover. Isef, do you fire at the space goblin? Yes. Fire. Seven damage. The space goblin is defeated. Ah! Yeah. I think she's a little green ass. He squawked. Yeah. He squawked as he died. Hey, pop parrot. With a choked gurgle, the goblin drops to the ground. Ah! You and Raya are injured. You take a moment to rest and. Oh, okay, shall we? You yeah. are restored to your maximum of twelve hit points. Raya ah. is restored to her maximum of ten hit points. Can you search the goblin for valuables? Buff academic. Yes. Loot, loot, loot the goblin. You find that most of the goblin's gear is trash, only a goblin. How does it randomly switch voices to switch narrators? Item stands out. A sleek black data pad that looks brand new. I nick that. One narrator asks me the question and another narrator's answering it. What's a goblin doing with this? Goblins can have nice things too. When the data pad's screen lights up, you find it contains only pictures. Okay. Which skill do you use to try and identify the items? Science or technology? Acrobatics. Which skill do you use to try and identify the items? Science or technology? Technology. Damn right, you're getting it. Peter, Peter is shaking his head at me. <laughs> I'm not surprised, but I am disappointed. It isn't surprising to find goblins stealing. It's strange that they appear to have been going exclusively after power regulation equipment, and not the basic stuff either. Heavy ion capacitors, high load voltage sag regulators. Definitely not the most lucrative components to fence. Hmm. Somebody must be building something with a lot of power. Is it a Death Star? Whoever put this shopping yep. list together, the pain last credit, it wasn't a goblin. Rude. Datapad added to inventory. Yay. Do, 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 do. Progress save. Keep going, or take a break and come back later. Shall we take a break? Yes, we'll take a break. Yes. 
Sorry, I don't think I heard you right. Continue. Or pause for now. Pause for now. Need that perfect presence for the friend who has everything? We've got Starfinder hoodies, shirts, hats, and more over at Amazon.com slash Friendly friend Amazon. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that's enough for now. Did you enjoy that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I could see it passing a rainy afternoon if I didn't have anything I else. I think it's do. only like half an hour long or so. I don't think yeah, it's, yeah. I don't, there's probably much more to it. But yeah. um, I think it was implemented better than I expected it to be implemented. I, was, um, I thought it was yeah. going to be... Okay. I don't know. I how how else would you have done it? Well, I wasn't sure what I was expecting, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. Especially, yeah, a verbal fighting fantasy game, isn't it? Yeah, basically, yeah. Um, do you think it's different if you have, like, the Amazon thing with a screen? I don't know. I don't think so. No, I think it's just no. a voice thing. No, okay. I think it is, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, they threw in some good detail. Nice voice acting. I liked it. Mm. Um, it was yeah. very, very linear. Oh, but I yeah, suppose yeah. it's going to have to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with being on a linear ride if uh, that's yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. You're not really making meaningful decisions at any point, are you? Well, they have the context too, do you? No. Yeah. But no, I enjoyed that. I could I could see myself playing playing through those. Yes. I think the first one's free. I think maybe you have to pay for later ones. I'm not sure. I don't I know. I think you're right. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. Well, there we go. That that is that is Starfinder on. Do I dare say her name? Alex. On, ah, on the Amazon order. Robot Lady. Yes, on the Amazon yeah. Robot Lady. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, jolly good. Well, yeah. how's that? Oh, should we... Should we oh, I, I did want to mention, yes. um, we had Dom on last week. What? Uh, Dominic McDowell from Cubicle 7. Yeah, and we had oh, awful really nice. technical problems um, recording last week's episode, which yes. is why we didn't get to cover all the subjects that we wanted to cover. There was a lot of us saying, Dom... You need to shout more, mate. And then his microphone started working again. And yeah. Just like, yeah. I mean, basically, what, what you heard on the actual podcast last week was probably only about half of what was actually said. If that. Because so much, so, much, so much of it we had, tr- we had trouble with. So Dom is going to come back. Woo! Um, we're sort of hammering down the date with them. It might be yeah. around about the end of the month. We're not 100% sure what is running out. Yeah. But I'm going to really concentrate a bit more on 40k, a bit more on the enemy within and stuff like that. Oh, that we didn't times. really get a chance to. Well, I've actually just played for the enemy within campaign, so yeah. Oh, you'll be able to talk all about it then. Yeah. Did you play the old version? Uh, no, no. I think I played the new one. Hmm. Yeah, I think. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. I didn't look at the module. I I was just playing it. Yeah. I know okay. it's running from a module. Yeah. But, but it wouldn't have been the full campaign thing because it would have gone on for ages and ages and ages. It went on for ages. And oh, ages. did it? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We were playing weekly for a month. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Right. Well, yeah. Well, I think we're done. Are we done? Until next week, we are done. Right. Well, I say goodbye then. Yeah, off you go. Goodbye. Bye. (laughs) Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here.